welcome to Getting to the Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee, and this is on MTR Podcast. My next guest is the founder and owner of a Baltimore-based small batch granola maker, Michelle's Granola. Please welcome Michelle Chakalas. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, so obviously, you you have delicious edibles. Uh, <laughs> I would mm-hmm. I always start off with that, right? Something like that. Um, so th- describe describe ultimately what your work looks like, because obviously I would imagine it's changed from maybe where you started to where you're at now. And speak a bit about the kind of generalities on Michelle's granola, because I can only do so much in describing it, but please give us that pitch and what your work is with uh, Michelle's granola. So like you said, Michelle's granola is a small batch granola maker. We're based in Baltimore. We make, bake, package, and distribute our products to grocery stores. Um, Since COVID hit, a lot of food sales shifted to online. And so e-commerce is now a growing sales channel for us. Um, Our specialty is granola cereal. We actually have a pretty small line of products that we make and distribute compared to a lot of other brands of our size. Um, We focus just on granola flavors and we also make a muesli cereal. Um, But we pride ourselves on our quality and our small batch process. So that's where we've kept our focus all along. Um, The company is actually 15 years old now. I can hardly (laughs) believe it. feels like a long time to be doing one thing, let alone have a small business. So um, yeah, I mean, we're, we're just really focused on employing simple, traditional techniques in food making for a better for you product. And that's where we found our niche. Um, and we are locally based, but proud to say we're now distributed nationwide. That's wonderful. It's wonderful to be able to extend from and this this part of the the country and not too many people like really kind of get that. A lot of cool stuff comes out of Baltimore. And so, so speak on like what inspired you to be an entrepreneur, because, you know, you said the business has been like rocking and rolling for, you know, decade and a half. And what, in, what inspired that, that impetus to go into a business? So I didn't start out thinking that I wanted to or would have a business. Um, I didn't realize that I was an entrepreneur <laughs> at heart or had the capacity or the idea even to start a business. Um, I I studied economics in college, and and so I have a a math-oriented business brain, and what seemed the most obvious thing to me, though it wasn't appealing, was to to go into a more traditional line of work with a company that was more established, and I graduated college in the early 2000s. It was kind of right in the middle of the tech boom, and at that time, you you really wanted to work for a company with a ping-pong table in the break room. That was like one of the the criteria in my job search, Um, and so most of my peers were going into more traditional lines of work and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I didn't have a clear path set out before me. And, and I really wanted to do something that I cared about. I wanted to feel passionate that my work mattered and that it was giving, giving back in some way. Um, And so I wasn't motivated by simply having a job or, you know, having a salary. I really was looking for connection in my work. Um, and so I kind of wandered around for a couple of years. I had a, a job in tech sales and I, I traveled a little bit um, and spent some time waiting tables and just being around people. And I have always loved food. Um, and it was actually an experience on one of my summer travels where I was waiting tables up in Massachusetts and they had a scratch bakery 
near where I lived and just believe it or like we have come so far in food in the last decade. But back mm-hmm. when I started, scratch bakeries were a thing of the past. Like if there were any, they were they were small and they were like doomed. Um, yeah. So this was one of the first experiences I had had eating a fresh baked granola bar right out of the oven. And I would wow. line up for that bakery to open so that I could get that bar warm out of the oven. Um, and it, it made an impression on me because I loved, have always loved granola, but really my experience of granola was Quaker and yeah. Nature's Valley, two great products, but you know, sure. not real artisan and they didn't have that fresh quality of that, that bar. So um, I found inspiration in that experience that I took back with me and I just started playing around with my own cereal recipes and I would give it away as gifts. And it was actually a friend of mine who suggested that I try to sell the granola. She's like, you know, this is pretty good. I've never tried, bought anything like this. Have you considered selling it? Um, so I made my way out to a farmer's market and that's really where the business took root and my entrepreneurial journey started. That's great. It's great to kind of combine things that you are into, as you touched on and the food. I like, I like this granola <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> be able to kind of take that, that not necessarily jump, but take, take it to that, that next place or what have you. And it's like, I can do this. I want to share this. And I, I admire that. And I admire when, when people take that, that initiative to bring something there. And you, you touched on like you're using really quality ingredients and ultimately it's, it's a healthier food item, healthier cereal, healthier snack, the way that people are using it than some many alternatives. So speak on, if are there any other ways that uh, Michelle's granola is part of that giving back? Maybe speak on, speak on that. Yeah, sure. I mean, so first and foremost, like you said, we really found uh, the opportunity for us was in making a better tasting product. And what that really came down to was real food, right? So yeah. making a real product the way that you would make it at home, with the ingredients that you have at home. And that's what we've stuck with. And I I think that that has really been what has set us apart because not a lot of food products that you buy in a package taste like your mom made them, right? right? So that's what we were striving for. And that's what customers were responding to was that we were offering this conveniently packaged product that you could grab at the farmer's market or grab at the grocery store, but it, it was actually fresh and it tasted fresh and it tasted like something you would make on your own if you had the time. Yeah. Right. So, um, so that's really, I think was like the, that's what really got us off the ground, but what carried my journey forward was the opportunity to use the power of business for good. If I didn't see an opportunity for this company to make a difference in my community, it wasn't going to be worth it. Right. Right. And I probably would have given up on it a lot sooner because making a lot of granola is hard work. (laughs) So I I think I had a vision. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I had a vision for this to be something that really became a model for the impact that small business could have on communities. And so from like the really early on, uh, we began giving back to different organizations that were working in food related initiatives. I got my start at the farmer's market, was very into what was going on in the local food movement and understanding how affordable access to healthy, nutritious foods was so important for our communities to thrive. But there is just a huge economic gap there, right? So like I noticed everybody shopping at the farmer's market was 
from one section of the community, not representing the entire community. And that the fresh foods that were being sold at the market just plain weren't affordable for people. They weren't of interest, you know, across a diverse range of cultures. And so um, I really wanted to plug in there and figure out how we could make healthy food more accessible to everybody in the community. Um, And so we started our Give One for Good Food program back in 2010, I think. We started giving 1% of all of our sales revenues and We've given, I think, over $700,000, $800,000 back into mostly organizations in the mid-Atlantic region that are working to make healthy foods more accessible and really relieve some of the inequities in our food system. That's that's great. That is uh, social responsibility that's really being in, involved in the community and being a, a good a good partner or a good neighbor, if you will, within the community. So I applaud you on that. That's great. Um, well, well, thanks. I mean, we really have always acknowledged that it's our community who supported the business from the beginning. So without our community and without a healthy, thriving community, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. You know, we wouldn't have access to some of the best employees and all of these good things. So um, it really is about like the symbiotic nature of business and community. You, you can't have one without the other. Um, and I think where we found we can best serve the community is both in helping to fund some of the things that are hot, like the real community driven initiatives, the community based yeah. organizations who are doing the work that, that they know that needs to be done. So we kind of come in there as more of a grassroots funder for some of that fantastic work that's happening. And then we're also really focusing on amplifying those stories and talking more about racial inequity in our food system and why people don't have access to fresh, healthy food and what we can all do about that. Yeah. I, I, in, in the neighborhood that I'm in, I get on my soapbox on occasion and uh, I, I get relatively critical of what you can see, right? So sitting over here near one of the biggest employers in the state, in the city that happens to be in the healthcare field and it's the middle of the food desert. And I was like, mm-hmm. something's not right about that. It's like, what can we do to, to sort that out? But then hearing that, you know, there are organizations that are doing their part to try to change that. It's, it's good to hear that that's what's happening. And I, I admire that. Um, just like everything with business, you just got to stick with it. Right. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So speaking on maybe um, let's say, let's talk about like branding or maybe um, product or what have you, or even flavor um, or types of uh, uh, flavors. How is uh how's the granola changed um since its inception? Like, has there been some new flavors, some some things to kind of maybe uh, on the, on the horizon, some things that have been dropped? Speak on that a little bit. Yes, yeah, so actually, not a lot has changed. <laughs> so <laughs> Good our to know. Origi- <laughs> yeah, I mean, in a way, right? Um, our original granola is the very first product that I started selling at a farmers market in 2006, and that recipe has gone unchanged for the last 15 years. Um, If it's changed at all, I think it's gotten better as a result of having more focus on like just the production of the product. So as we've grown our team and we've been able to have people specialize in different areas of the business, as opposed to it just being me trying to do everything, you know, 70% well, we now have people who are focused in how can we produce the highest quality, freshest product with the most consistency across every small batch possible. So if anything over the years, I think the product's gotten better and and stronger um, in its quality. So the original granola is still there, tried and true. 
Um, we've developed a line of flavors over the years that have been based on a lot of things. I mean, our team has contributed to making recommendations for flavors that they think would be of interest. And we tested a lot of different um, products out at the farmer's markets over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we know that folks come to us for kind of like traditional straightforward flavors, if that makes sense. So we're not too wacky and wild, like no chunky monkey kind of crazy Ben and Jerry stuff. (laughs) Although my first job was at Ben and Jerry's. Um, But not, you know, we just kind of stick to like really straightforward the way that we want the food to taste to you. We want it to taste real like ingredients that you recognize and love. And through that, we hope to evoke some emotion that keeps you eating our products. Um, So we have, you know, a cinnamon raisin and a cherry chocolate and we're coming into fall season pumpkin spice. And um, so over the years, we've added products. We haven't discontinued any. So we've grown our line to what we think is a reasonable number of products for a brand to carry. And a lot of those decisions come down to opportunities on on grocery store shelves. So there's only so much space, especially in like the smaller locally owned stores. So we want to be able to offer products that people love, but we don't want to begin to compete with our own line. So we've been pretty slow to introduce new things. We always test in the market with our team. Um, We listen to our customers' feedback. So we have a strong and vocal customer base. We do something that we love. They'd let us know. And if we take it away, they'd go nuts. So so we do like fun things like seasonal lines of things where we'll introduce a product for a limited time and then take it off the market and see how that pent up demand affects (laughs) our business. Um, But yeah, so we've developed a line of flavors of granola that I would consider more traditional and really accessible to people. Um, And then we added a muesli product. I don't know if you've ever tried our toasted muesli. Not but, yet, but coming soon. <laughs> yeah, a few years ago, one of the things we were hearing was from customers is that they were looking for a lower sugar, like lighter granola. And sure. rather than change what we feel like is so special about our granola, we decided to develop a muesli, which is like a lighter, looser blend of cereal. It's made with very similar ingredients, oats, seeds, nuts, dried fruits, but it doesn't have any um, added oil or refined sugar. So just like another option kind of appealing to maybe a slightly different consumer. And and staying on brand too, with you want to have something that's healthy, quality, high quality, and just something that goes with food that you can identify, items that you can identify within it. That's the, the ethos I'm hearing. Exactly. And you, in business, you know, I think, I got some advice really early on, which was to do one thing and do it better than anybody else. So one of the things that's hard in life, but especially in business is not to look around you and see what everybody else is doing and what all the other opportunities are because there are infinite possibilities. We have tried very hard to stay focused on what we know makes us unique. And a lot of that has come from, you know, my my own values as a as a person and as a business owner and as a consumer so um there's plenty of opportunity for us to do what we do well and we're trying to stay focused on that but we also are super excited to be introducing some fresh new products this fall because people's tastes change and you want to always be open and inviting new people into your brand and to your product experience so you never want to stop creating 
but you also want to be like, I think really intentional in, in the choices that you're making with your product line development. Totally. Um, locally, has there been any thought or any opportunities that maybe I'm, I'm blanking on of maybe partnerships with other local makers like, oh, you know, this granola may go really well with this brand, or maybe I could be in Baltimore in a box and, you know, have that as another um, a channel for being like out there in this, this broader audience as well. Has there been anything like that in terms of partnerships? Yeah, I mean, we ha- we're not at the farmer's market anymore, unfortunately. So we had to shift our production to our e-commerce business during COVID. Um, and so I think we have lost a little bit of our, you know, I don't know, just active out there local partnerships, which I'm sure we're not the only ones. COVID has turned everything on its head for everybody. So we are always seeking positive local partnerships. Um, Most recently, I've been working on building a network of businesses who will work with me on the Give One for Good Food program. So less about the food and the business partnership, but more about building a community of small businesses who are giving back collectively in Baltimore. Um, So that's where my interest lies in growing our local business relationships. Relationships. We're also uh, love to experiment with local ingredients. So um, some of the products that we buy in a great volume don't grow very well locally, but right. we have worked with local farms to source apples, for example, apple juice and applesauce to use in a fall apple quinoa product. Um, but if you have any ideas for local partnerships or pairings, I'm all ears. Um, <laughs> you know, we've, we've done crazy things like like granola beers and um, yeah. So we're, we're all ears and it just depends on the right partnership coming into our laps at the right time. And it also has to serve everyone well, right? We never want to do anything out of just a gain, a gain for one party. So it needs to be like a mutually beneficial thing, but I am all ears all the time. Sounds great. I, I am filled with ideas. Some might say I'm filled with other things, but I'm filled with ideas. And <laughs> Um, what do you have in mind? <laughs> um, I, I we'll, we'll talk off mic about that. We'll talk off mic about that. I don't want, I don't want to give away the dope for um, the people listening. Um, it sounds top secret. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a couple more questions. Um, one, I want to talk about um, what was what was a challenging time in, in your career that comes to mind and how did you push through that period? One of the most challenging times. I mean, I, I, I kind of grew up um, owning this business. So I started it in in my mid 20s. Um, so one of the most challenging times for me was when I started a family, um, my company was five or six years old. I want to say when, um, my husband and I started a family and I, I mean, that was a dream of mine to be a mompreneur and have a successful business and, you know, be juggling a baby on one hip and a business on the other. Um, and so it was a dream, but that such a challenge. And, and really the way that I overcame that was to take a step back and say, I, I can't be the one who is stepping in on the production line. If somebody calls out sick and right. I can't be the one sweeping the floors at night, if the cleaning crew doesn't show up, because I want to be able to do all of this. And in, in order to do it all, you, you have to have a team. 
right? That's what growing a business is all about, building a team. Um, so I think the challenge wasn't in that it was a setback. It was more in like this huge opportunity lay before me and it was something I had never done before and there was an urgency around it. Yep. So like every great opportunity, right? So it was like, I got to figure this out and figure this out now and, and make this work for my family and continue to achieve what I hope to achieve out of being a business owner and also now a mother. Um, so that's what I did. I hired a team. We created new management positions and we kept the thing rolling. Yeah. The other big challenge, obviously, is COVID. <laughs> you talk to a lot of business <laughs> owners. I'm sure this is a common theme, but I have never experienced anything that challenging in my entire career. Right. Um, for us as a food manufacturer, I think the challenges were unique in that we were considered essential. And of course, we wanted to keep our business open and our team employed. But 90% of our jobs could not go virtual. They were all on site. Right. So what do you do when overnight there's this huge extreme safety and health risk before you that everyone is understandably panicked about? Right. Yeah. And the country is going home and saying, stay at home, you know, and, and my team me and my team couldn't do that. Right. We had to show up for work every day. And all the while demand for our products is increasing because yeah. people are staying at home and they're buying more groceries. They're buying more groceries online. They're cooking at home. They're spending more time with their families and thinking about the things that are going into their body. And all of that was great. Um, but when you run a business, you want to be, you want to supply and demand to be matched. Right. So it's right. just as stressful when the demand is, is out stripping your ability to supply. Um, but we, I mean, I just have to thank my team and my managers and my operations manager in particular, because she really stepped up and she and I worked together to figure out how we were going to make this work for our team and how we were going to keep our doors open. And we went from a one shift to a two shift operation within a matter of weeks um, and really created all of the protocols that we needed to have in place to keep producing and to keep our team safe. Um, so, but, you know, unfortunately the challenge is still ongoing and this thing isn't over yet. So I right. wish I could talk about it like in the past tense, like that yeah. was a challenge. It, it's just kind of like the way of doing business and it has impacted the way I think about every growth decision we are making now and will forever make. You have to be prepared to, to pivot. And um, the most important thing is to keep your team safe just for their own personal well-being, but also for continuity of business because that impacts the employees as much as anything. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so now I'm down to my last two questions. <laughs> uh, so it turns out Dwayne The Rock Johnson enjoys your granola. Describe how, <laughs> so describe how uh, social media has helped bring more attention to your business, specifically during the last 18 to, to, to 20 months or what have you with COVID and all being in the background. So I'm not the social media expert on my team. Fortunately, I do have a marketing manager who has built our entire social media platform. She's been with the company for over eight years. Um, but I mean, social media has certainly helped us to reach a new and larger audience. And we were talking earlier about how we are expanding from a regional brand into a nationwide brand. And how do we reach new consumers who have never heard of our products before? And social media has certainly allowed us to connect with people quickly and, and easily 
but also meaningfully, right? Because on social media, you tell a story, you build a brand. So these aren't like quick hit one-off connections. People are following you and following your journey and, and becoming part of your brand story. So social media has played a huge part in helping us market our products, especially since, you know, events and store demonstrations and all of those things have gone, um, online. Um, so, and it's also been a really cost-effective way to grow our brand. So we're fortunate to have a lot of our consumers who are influencers and have followings. So generously preparing beautiful smoothie bowls with our granola and showcasing those online and helping us to spread the word about our product. Um, so, you know, just like the community that's helped build our business locally in Baltimore, our, our online community is doing the same thing for us as, as we grow nationally. Wonderful. Uh, so the last question I have, I had to, I had to quickly pivot and change my last question because you, you're an overachiever. You answered it already. And I was like, I need to put another question in here. Um, uh -oh. so within business, uh, and in your, your career as we're at now, what would you say your most marked characteristic is? Me individually? Yes. That's a tough question. Ah, yeah. <laughs> My most marked characteristic. I mean, I, I, I think for me, um, I'm a very detail-oriented person. I'm also an introvert. And for me, um, it's taken a lot of, you know, just growing up in life experience to understand what about who I am and my personality makes me good at business. I think sure. are your weaknesses are actually your greatest strengths. So for me as an introvert, I spend a lot of time in reflection. And I think that that actually helped me see the opportunity. It helped me see what was missing um, in food, in our customers' lives and hone in on that need. Um, and then make sure once we figured out what the need was that we executed on it really well. Like it's all in the details. You never can take your eye off that oat, right? Because that's like the building block for everything that we do. Um, so, you know, my most marked characteristic, I mean, I just think I'm like really into the details and um, have stayed really focused on our purpose. For sure. That, 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 I, I was getting that. I was just like, okay, you said it, you know, it was a challenging one. It seemed like you answered that really well. So I, I don't think it was that challenging. Um, that's all I had. That's all I got. Um, so I, 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 I want to give the invitation to, um, to shout out whatever you want to shout out, plug whatever you want, set website um, and social media, whatever. And thank you so much. This has been wonderful. So please, uh, the floor is yours. Well, it was really fun talking to you today. I really appreciate the interest that you take in Baltimore's businesses because those stories really do need to be lifted up and told more. There's so much inspiration there and the world needs it. So that's the first thing. Thank you. Um, as far as a plug goes, we have a couple of new products coming out this fall that we're very excited to launch online. So keep an eye on our website, which is michellesgranola.com. And of course, look for us on social media, follow our story. And if your favorite celebrity is eating our granola, we want to hear about it. So tag us, because um, you can imagine how fun that is for us personally behind the scenes you know working on batch after batch to get lifted up by Dwayne the Rock Johnson and all of his millions of followers um so yeah so just keep an eye on us keep us in your thoughts and keep buying our products well there you have it folks 
So Michelle, thank you so much. This has been great. And um, I'll, I'll wrap up from here. Um, yeah, uh, keep, keep eating granola. Um, <laughs> and until next time, uh, there's art, food, business, all that stuff is in and around Baltimore. You just got to look for it. <laughs>